The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. My name is Matt Warren. I'm the editor-in-chief at BuffaloRumblings.com, and this is Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, where we take your questions and answer them every week. We've got a lot to get to today with the 2019 NFL Combine wrapping up over the weekend. Free agency starting next week between now and our next podcast. Lots of stuff to discuss. Before we get to that, I wanted to remind you how you can leave your questions for us for future episodes. You can give us a call at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumblings Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle of it. You can send us emails to buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can send us a Facebook message. You can leave a comment in the show notes at buffalorumblings.com. There's lots of ways for you to get in touch with Buffalo Rumblings Q&A and get in touch with me to ask questions for our episodes. And it's always better when we have lots of questions uh, to choose from, from all of you. The 2019 NFL Combine was this past weekend, as I've already said. And uh, we're going to spend most of our time talking about free agency in today's episode just because it's coming up sooner rather than later. And then we could talk a lot more about the draft as we get into April. But I did want to hit a little bit on DK Metcalf. He seems to be the consensus uh, pick for the Bills right now at number nine. Uh, The SB Nation mock draft database just launched on Tuesday uh, as we record this uh, Tuesday night. And he's in a a fair amount of, of, of mock drafts going to the Bills. He had just a really impressive combine between uh, his 40 time and his catching ability and his, excuse me, leaping ability. And uh, and of course all the pictures from leading up to the combine of where he was jacked and all that stuff. Um, He had a poor three cone drill performance that people are talking about, but it's, it's easily correctable um, um, stuff that we're talking about that was bad in that performance, but he's um, clearly a guy we're going to be talking a lot about over the course of the next you know, month and a half as we get up to the 2019 NFL draft. Uh, and the Bills obviously need a wide receiver. They need playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, so he would certainly fit that bill. Um, there were a lot of other great performances at the Combine, and we have an entire hub set up at buffalorumblings.com with all of our Combine coverage from Griff and Dan Lavoie as well as our uh, 
daily links posts that were all from the combine as well as interviews um, from Brandon Bean and, and, and stuff from Sean McDermott while he was there as well. So lots of insight. It's um, it's a good time of the off season to kind of check in with, you know, the bills decision makers and see kind of where they're leaning as we get into the 2019 off season. So lots of coverage over at Buffalo Um Let's get to the questions. This week's question of the week has to do with 2019 free agency, which kicks off the quote unquote legal tampering period this coming Monday, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Um, And uh, the, the question that I'm getting a lot this week is, how would you approach free agency if you were the Buffalo Bills and general manager Brandon Bean? I think um, over the last few weeks, I've been talking a lot about the center position, and uh, it's for good reason. The entire offseason needs to be devoted to getting Josh Allen what he needs to be successful as the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott has said from the combine that he wants to score at least 21 points a game. That would be a big improvement for this team and a big improvement for Josh Allen as the quarterback. It seemed to get better as the season wore on with Allen as he got more experience, especially after he had to sit and watch from the sidelines after his arm injury. But the Bills need to surround him with not just talent, but intelligence. And that's not to say that, you know, the Bills didn't have smart players last year or Josh Allen isn't smart or anything like that. But if they can get a center to come in and just act as a veteran presence who knows how to pick up blitzes and identify uh, pass rushers, identify where the problems are going to come if it's a running play um, and switch out of it, be able to help Josh Allen with pre-snap reads and audibles. I think that's just going to be so valuable to him and to the Bills offense moving forward. Um, So when I look at free agency, my number one thing that I want them to do is address the center position with a top end center, $10 million, $11 million a season for Matt Paradis or even Mitch Morse um, would be fine with me. John Sullivan just was um, not picked up by the Los Angeles Rams. So he's going to be a free agent. He's like what, 32 or 33. So obviously not ideal, but he would certainly be able to come in and, and maybe do one year as the center of the Buffalo Bills. And that would, would certainly help Allen bridge the gap to his third season here in the NFL. But that's where I'm starting is with the center. The rest of the positions, I'm, I'm kind of okay just kind of sitting and waiting for a while. Um, they need a new starter at right guard. They need a new starter at right tackle. But I think they could add both of those guys in the 2019 NFL draft if they get a center. If they get that guy in the middle of the line to anchor everything. Um as we've seen over the course of the last week or two, more and more tackles are re-signing with their current teams because teams aren't letting them leave because it's been really difficult to let offensive linemen, particularly offensive tackles, develop in the NFL. It just hasn't been happening like it used to. So more and more teams are re-signing those guys. So the, the pool of those is going to be thinning out. So I'm looking more towards the 2019 NFL draft at, at tackle, whether it's drafting a left tackle and flipping Deion Dawkins over to right tackle, where a lot of folks thought he was going to start his NFL career, or if it's drafting a right tackle and letting Dawkins stay at left tackle. Uh, being able to draft that right tackle, I think, is going to be fine, even if it's in the second round. 
I, I keep looking at the wide receiver and tight end positions as well. They need an influx of talent at those positions. Um, but I don't love any of the options available at wide receiver uh, in the free agent market. So if they're going to upgrade at wide receiver, I'd prefer they do that in the draft, mainly because I don't love who I see available out there. There's a couple of guys who might be able to come in, say a Devin Funches from the Carolina Panthers, or you know, there, there's a few other guys who might be able to take the next step. Funches, of course, makes sense with his Carolina Panthers connection and Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, and all that stuff. But I don't know if I want to count on him to be the quote-unquote number one receiver for this team. So um, I'm putting the wide receiver just a little bit further down. Now, there are a bunch of tight ends that are going to be on the market, and all of them have warts, whether it's playing time or injury concerns or you know whatever the concern might be. But I could definitely see them signing a veteran tight end, even though going into the draft it looks like a really deep class. I'd want them to draft a guy for sure, but that – they have two open spots, three open spots, depending on your outlook. So signing a veteran is obviously okay uh, in the grand scheme of things. They need a defensive tackle, but I don't see them spending big money on another defensive tackle after re-signing Jordan Phillips. Again, that's an, a position that's deep in the draft, and I'd love to see them draft a guy in the second or third round that could come in and, and act uh, as a penetrating guy on the defensive line. They don't need a linebacker. that They don't need safeties. Um, but but a cornerback is definitely not off the table for me in the free agent market. A guy that could come in and either be the second cornerback or a guy that could come off the bench for you when uh, Trey White or Levi Wallace get hurt or ineffective. And you could have a guy that's pushing Levi Wallace and pushing Tredavious White or comes in and actually takes their starting jobs. I think that's an under-the-radar need for this team is, is a cornerback, a, a you want to call him a 2A or 2B uh, cornerback. They just they need a guy that can come in and play significant snaps on the outside if something was to happen to Wallace or White, and they do not have that. They built in redundancy last year with um, Fonte Davis and Philip Gaines, and then, of, of course, Levi Wallace eventually coming in after they went through Ryan Lewis too. So like they built in redundancy last year. They need to do that again this offseason. So I think that's a, a sneaky need that a lot of people haven't really been talking about. And then I'm going to look at defensive end too. And I know they signed Trent Murphy last year and I know um, they have Shaq Lawson and, and Jerry Hughes at defensive end and they just tendered Eddie Yarbrough, but they've got a problem brewing at defensive end. Lawson's going to be a free agent at the end of next year. Uh, Jerry Hughes is going to be a free agent at the end of the next year. They could really revamp their defensive end position very, very quickly by signing one of the top free agent defensive ends to a multi-year contract and letting Trent Murphy walk. Uh, they could replace his salary um, and obviously improve upon it with a, a, a top defensive end. They'll be paying him more than they're tr- paying Trent Murphy, but they could solidify the position for multiple years by doing that. And then they go in and draft a guy in you know the third or fourth round to develop behind those other folks, and maybe Mike Love becomes you know a player. Maybe Eddie Yarbrough com- becomes a good player. But you know, give Jerry Hughes another couple of year extension, and now you've got a solid pass rushing unit that you can go around. So I, I guess to boil all of that down, and that was a really long way to start our podcast today. But I, I prioritize center as number one, and then I think I'm actually going to put um, cornerback as number two as far as. Um, free agency goes. And it's just because of where I see the draft shaking out and where I see the free agents that are available 
at other positions. So I'm going center, cornerback, defensive end, because that's a position that didn't do great last year and really needs to look toward the long term. Then I'm going tight end, and then maybe a wide receiver. So I think they will sign guys at, at all five of those positions. It's just a matter of how they're prioritizing it. Center, cornerback, defensive end, tight end, and wide receiver. Those are my top five uh, ranked, power ranked, however you want to call it, uh, position groups for 2019 free agency. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where Brandon B prioritizes all that stuff going into um, mid-March when free agency kicks off on Monday. And that's the question I'm getting a lot this week. How would you prioritize the Bills' needs in free agency? Our first Twitter question today comes from uh, Scott, who is at Bill's FT Ball on Twitter. And he says, how many character guys are needed before we take a chance on someone with extreme talent but questionable character we may be able to change? It's an interesting question, and I think it has to do with which side of the ball you're talking about. I think with the leaders that you have on the defensive side of the ball, it's not quite as important to have what you're calling character guys uh, coming in on the defense. You've got Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, Lorenzo Alexander, of course. Um, You've just got a strong base of veteran players, even Trent Murphy, uh, Jerry Hughes to some extent. You've got players in place that aren't afraid to put other guys into their place if they step out of line. Um, And you actually saw what the Miami Dolphins called a head case in Jordan Phillips come in and really thrive being on the defensive line around the guys he was with. Now, obviously Cal Williams isn't going to be there, but the, the concept holds holds true. But if you look on the offensive side of the ball with how young that side of the ball is, I think it's way more important to not get head cases and low character guys into that side of the ball. Uh, having a guy come in to ch- and challenge your second year quarterback, Josh Allen, or, or say something about him in the media so that now Allen is going to start pressing. Um, and maybe you know throwing you the ball when he shouldn't or something like that, making bad decisions, I think could be really detrimental to his growth and the growth of the football team as a whole. So I think it depends on which side of the ball we're talking about. Um, if, if you ask me, I don't want any of those guys in the offensive huddle at all when you've got young guys like Josh Allen, you've got Deion Dawkins, who's pretty young, you've got probably a new young tight end, a new young wide receiver, you've got young guys all along the offensive line, most likely it's just going to be not a great situation to throw a low character guy in or a character that could really blow up the entire chemistry of the team just because he's got some talent. And I mean, I like talent as much as the next guy, but that offense is so important being built around Josh Allen. It's why I think LaShawn McCoy is probably going to be back next year because he has such a good relationship with Allen, or at least seems to have a good relationship with Allen from our perspective. So I, I'm all for talent trumps character. I really am. But on the offensive side of the ball, I think it's a really risky proposition with your second year quarterback. Thanks again for the question, Scott. He tweeted us at Rumlings Q&A on Twitter. And Scott is at Bill's FT Ball. <laughs> 
We'll be right back after this. Our next question comes from our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Hey, what's going on? This is BJ calling from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Look, I just watched DK Metcalf from Ole Miss. Y'all need to get that dude. Damn an offensive line because we can get offensive line a free agent or in the draft in the second round. But first round, get him. He's physical. We ain't had a good wide receiver like that in a long time. Y'all need to go ahead and get him. D.K. Metcalf. We need playmakers. Not no rah-rah guys who's good off the field. Who? yes, who rah who? We need a playmaker. Either get him or Antonio Brown. And that's all I'm saying. And I'm dropping the mic. Thanks for calling in, B.J., and uh, I appreciate your mic drop and your pounding the table for DK Metcalf or Antonio Brown. I, I agree with you that the Bills need a playmaker at wide receiver. As I just said in my previous answer, I'm not quite sure I want Antonio Brown in here ruining Josh Allen's development by you know, begging for the ball or demanding the ball, however you want to put it. So I, w- I, th- I do think I would rather have them uh, bring in a guy that in, in the draft – um, and DK Metcalf, of course, certainly fits that uh, explosive kind of receiver that I would want Josh Allen throwing to. I'm sure we will talk about him more as the the 2019 NFL draft gets closer. As of Tuesday morning, when the SB Nation 2019 mock draft database went live, 31% of the mock drafts that are out there think that the Buffalo Bills are going to draft DK Metcalf at number nine overall, 19% go with Joan Taylor, the offensive tackle from Florida, 17% with Ed Oliver, the defensive tackle from Houston, and 12% with Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle from Alabama. The other 19% are just spread out through other various uh, different players and not one of the four that I just mentioned. As we get through free agency, we'll have a better understanding of where the Bills and really the rest of the top 10 sits in the 2019 NFL draft and what the needs are going into that draft. If the Bills can solidify a couple of the holes that they have on offense uh, in free agency, then they'll be able to swing for the fences in, in the draft. And they have the money to do it in free agency. It's whether they have the pull to do it. So it, it'll be interesting to see how we move toward the end of April and the 2019 NFL drafts. And if Metcalf is the guy that they target uh, or if we go in a different direction. And like I said, we'll be covering that at Buffalo rumblings over the course of the next five, six weeks until uh, the first round starts. And of course, after the first round is completed into the second round, third rounds and all the way through the NFL draft and then undrafted free agency. So stay with Buffalo links. Thanks for giving us a call BJ at 716-508-0405. Our next Twitter question today comes from Robin Mundy. You can find her at Robin Mundy, W Y O. 
on Twitter. She's the editor-in-chief for the Bills Mafia website and a frequent interactor on Twitter. So thanks for tweeting us, Robin, at Rumblings Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle of it. And Robin asks us, if you were only going to spend money on one free agent offensive lineman, is it better to spend it on center or left tackle, assuming Dawkins moves inside or to right tackle? Well, I think earlier in the podcast, I said that I was going to prioritize center over everything else. So let me just talk a little bit about why and uh, take a look at the free agent tackle class. The biggest name on the tackle market is Trent Brown from the Patriots, 26 years old. He moved from right tackle to left tackle uh, this past season to protect Tom Brady's blind side. And I think that's the key toward his entire evaluation is that he's got Tom Brady calling the plays and setting protections and doing all that other stuff. So he's a guy that, you know, is he going to be successful with a different offensive line coach uh, who's not probably the greatest of all time? Is he going to be better with okay or better with a quarterback that isn't the greatest of all time? Is he going to be able to play well in a new system? And I think he's got a lot of questions to answer. Uh, Similar to to Brown is Juwan James, uh, a right tackle more than a left tackle. And he played through an injury in 2018. So he's got a lot left to prove as well. And uh, like I said, he's a right tackle. So if he did come in, the Bills would keep Dawkins at left tackle. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Another guy that we're looking at, of course, is Daryl Williams from the Panthers. More of that Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean connection. Uh, another guy that had an injury in 2018, uh, but is young enough where he can certainly come back and bounce back and be a solid piece for the Buffalo Bills offensive line. Beyond that, most of the guys you're looking at are second tier guys. They're, they're guys that have come in and started some games, but it was for an injured player or they are raw or they have, you know, this problem or that problem. So you're really only looking at three offensive tackles that could come in as free agents and start right away. The Several of them have been taken off the market in recent weeks as their teams are re-signing them or franchising them in the case of Donovan Smith by the Buccaneers. So there's a lot of guys that are you know, capable of being a full-time starter, but it's taking a chance. And, you know, would, would, would you rather spend a first pick on a right tackle that you know is going to be good for years to come? Or do you want to spend that on a playmaker? It really comes down to that question. And if the Bills can get one of those free agent offensive tackles to come sign in Buffalo, that'll be awesome. But when Bobby Massey and Chantrell Henderson and a whole bunch of other guys are signing contracts before free agency starts to stay with their own team, the field is dwindling. Ty Sam uh, Brelo from the Falcons. Um, it's just a really long-winded way of me saying that I think it takes longer for centers to develop. And so I'd rather sign a veteran guy to help Josh Allen as opposed to signing a a veteran right tackle or even one of the top guys at left tackle to come in and and try to solidify the outside edges of the bills offensive line. Our last question for today's episode comes from TJ Never at Intimidator TJ on Twitter. He tweets us at Rumblings Q and A. 
should the Bills fortify their defensive tackle position by signing a high-quality player in free agency so they don't need to take a DT early in the draft? I think it's interesting when you look at the Bills' defensive tackle rotation as it stands right now. You've got Star Lotelele, who's at you know, the number one guy, clearly, with how much money he's making. You've got Harrison Phillips, who they invested in last year at a third-round pick. You've got Jordan Phillips, who they are paying up to $4.5 million in 2019. So they already have a pretty significant amount of money tied up in the defensive tackle position, and not just money, but also draft capital. So I think it's more likely that they'll use a draft pick on defensive tackle than they will sign a guy in free agency. But let's analyze it just for a second. Um, If they do sign a defensive tackle in free agency, it needs to be a penetrating guy, a guy who can generate pass rush, because that is not something uh, star Lotulele has been doing. It is not something Harrison Phillips is really built for. It's not even something Jordan Phillips has done very much throughout his career. So they really need a guy that can come in and replace Kyle Williams' ability to penetrate and get to the quarterback. And if you're looking at the top defensive tackles, most of them are that kind of run-stuffing, nose-tackle kind of guy. Uh, Sheldon Richardson could come in and, of course, be you know a dominant force in the middle of the line, but now you're paying two guys a, a big chunk of money to be the center of your defensive line and I just don't know if that's necessarily the way I want to be roster building is by putting that much of my salary cap towards defensive line looking a little bit further down the list David Irving from the Dallas Cowboys is an intriguing option for me he was able to tally seven sacks in just eight games last year for Dallas Another guy to look at is a player Bills fans are familiar with, Henry Anderson, also known as the guy that injured Steven Hauschka in the 2018 season. Uh, also had seven sacks during 16 games in the 2018 season. Um, it wasn't the normal amount of sacks that he typically generates, but he got more playing time in 2018 and took advantage of it. So if you're looking for guys like that, a guy that can come in and be a rotational piece, and, and rush the passer from the defensive tackle position, those are a few guys that I would certainly think about using in that role. Now that they've signed Jordan Phillips to that contract extension, though, you would expect that it's going to be kind of a rotational piece as opposed to a frontline piece, especially if that four and a half million salary cap figure for Phillips is part of a base deal and not an incentive laden contract, which still don't know while I'm recording this podcast. Thanks for the question, TJ. He follows us at rumblings Q and a on Twitter. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Again, my name has been Matt Warren. You can always call and leave your own questions for us at 716-508-0405. We had a bunch of questions from Twitter today. You can find us there at Rumblings Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle of it. You can follow us on Facebook and send us messages there. You can email us using the address buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can comment in the comment section at buffalorumblings.com. All those are great ways to get in touch with the show and leave your questions for next week's episode. Uh, By next week, we'll have an understanding of some of the people that the Bills are pursuing and possibly even agreed to terms with on a contract in the first wave of NFL free agency. The Bills have 
ton of cap space going into 2019 that they'll be able to use. So we'll have a good idea of where they're going with that. And that should start to bring the NFL draft into focus. We'll spend next week analyzing who they can sign in the second wave of free agency and reacting to who they signed in the first wave. So make sure you subscribe, uh, give us a rating, tell at least one of your friends to follow our show. And uh, you can find us on any podcast app using just the words Buffalo Rumblings. Thanks again for listening and go Bills. Thank you.